Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of The Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about women in production management with the help of special guest Heather Tankersley of Tankersley Construction in Folsom, California. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is The Tim Fowler Show. Hi everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to The Tim Fowler Show. Keep those ideas coming in for uh, topics send them to me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. So a while back, very early on in the uh, podcast, we had Kendall Lenton Cooney on as a woman that is in a production management role. So it was a great conversation and we focused a, a great deal on what needs to change to bring more women into this business. So I learned a great deal uh, and, you know, Probably not a big surprise to anybody else, but even thinking about how safety equipment is designed and, you know, it's just not made for women. It's made for men. And so to bring more women into this field, we need safety equipment that is designed uh, for women. A lot of us guys take these things for granted. So I'm thrilled that we're getting more and more women into this kind of work. and. I don't see as big a shift as quickly as we want it to, but it's happening. So by the way, we're putting together our production conference for 2020. Uh, that'll be in the first week of October in 2020. And along these lines, I'd very much like to have at least one woman as a presenter for that conference. So if you have any ideas out there of somebody that would be good to talk about, uh, not only just women, in construction, but just how they do production management or production, whatever it is, uh, send that to me as well. I'd love to talk to some people about maybe being on that program. So today's guest is a name that's familiar. We had her husband, Steve, on a few weeks back to discuss commercial and residential uh, construction. Great conversation. But during that conversation, he mentioned that Heather did the production management. And I thought, Man, we got to get her on to talk about not only how she does it, which I do want that to be part of the conversation, some new ideas, some ideas about what she does in production management, but also the fact that she's a woman in what is typically mostly a man-oriented industry. And so we'd like to get some insights from her on how she handles what is typically a male-dominated world. So, Steve, let's get going. Yeah, let's do it. I'm happy to welcome Heather Tankersley of Tankersley Construction in Folsom, California. Tankersley Construction was founded three years ago and has quickly become one of California's leaders in residential construction by taking commercial construction principles and applying them to small and mid-sized homeowner projects. Prior to Tankersley, Tankersley Construction, Heather managed complex electrical projects for some of the largest electrical contractors in the United States. Heather's prior project experience includes new student housing at Sacramento State University, new classrooms for UC Hastings, medical facility expansion at Folsom State Prison, 
and multiple VA and healthcare projects throughout Northern California. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, I, you know, I just, these podcast guests have just got me thinking country music. Like, I want to start singing about Folsom Prison, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm not dressed in black today. I'm dressed in all dark blue, but that's close enough. So, uh Welcome aboard, Heather. It's great to have you on. And um, just give us a little bit of an insight as to what your role at Tankersley is. What is it you do? How do you handle that role? Uh, well, besides uh, owning the company with my <laughs> husband, my uh, my official title is uh, operations manager. So we kind of developed this need for an operations manager to come in and facilitate uh, kind of that in between phase between, uh, you know, estimating and securing a contract. And we went into a pre-construction uh, agreement with a customer. So there was kind of this role in Tankersley Construction of, okay, Steve's got a, a job and he's, you know, signed a proposal and now we got to get into, you know, picking finishes and ordering materials and all the fun stuff that has to happen before we actually execute a job and we go and start slinging some hammers. So we kind of developed this position with the notion of, you know, at some point we'd like to have somebody fill this role and you know, working and, you know, being the supportive uh, spouse while things, you know, were getting <laughs> going in a, in a new business. Uh, you know, I was still working my full-time job and, uh, and you know, helping kind of develop some of these processes. And it was kind of like, well, hey, why don't you take that role over? So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that happening. So, you know, my job is to make sure that, um, you know, managing the pre-construction phase, making sure that, um, you know, we're securing budgets with customers before we move into construction, finishes are selected, contracts are signed, dumpsters ordered, everything's ready to go. And then I hand off the project to our project managers. And then my role from there is to ensure the project managers are, you know, executing the project, uh, you know, overseeing the weekly schedule updates. Um, you know, we meet as a team every Thursday here, go through the schedule, whatever challenges are happening in that week, what's going in on the job, uh, discuss manpower, those kind of things, and be there as a support for our project managers here. Okay, so cool. So that's a, a lot of stuff going on there uh, for that role. I guess, uh, like I mentioned in the in the intro, I, I don't want to make this strictly about women in construction. So maybe a little bit of conversation here about what are some things that you do that you find to be particularly uh, helpful or useful in your in your job, like little nuggets that, that maybe other people are doing them, but maybe there's a, a way that you're doing them, or maybe you just need to reinforce the fact that uh, this is a great activity. So little, what are some things that you do that, that make you particularly good at what you do? Um, you know, coming from a, a commercial background, you know, I didn't really have, and specifically electrical, I, I kind of have a, a weird way of kind of coming into this industry that is not typical. I'm not an electrical engineer. I didn't go to school for that. Um, I actually uh, am a survivor of the recession and uh, kind of worked my way up and ended up going back to school for construction management. And so the real thing for me is um, it was always asking questions, but more specifically, I, I go with the three whys. There's always, there's three whys to everything, right? So, you know, you come in and you go, okay, well, why are we doing it that way? Well, that's because it's on the drawing. 
okay, but is there any reason why we're doing it, you know, in this order? And you kind of, you kind of you, you get a surface level answer with the first why, you get a little bit deeper with the second why, and then the third why, you kind of really get down to like the real like nitty gritty of, uh, you know, why we're bending that conduit or why we're sequencing that portion of the construction here or why we're doing it this particular way with install. And so those kind of things is not just taking the surface level. And I am sure there's probably multiple superintendents over the years as I was coming up as a young project engineer that I bugged the crap out of. But, you know, <laughs> they, uh, it was the best way to learn because when you don't come from a trade background, you have to be okay with asking why and why are we doing it this way and, um, and, and realizing that. And sometimes, you know, they get to that third why and it's like, well, I don't know. That's the way we've always done it. And it's right. like, okay, well, what about if we, you know, well, what could we do it that different way? Oh, okay. And sometimes you actually get some good buy and like, Hey, maybe you have a good idea. So I, I like the three whys. I always try to train up my project managers to, 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 uh, to always ask the three whys, but you know, try not to, try not to annoy anybody while you do it either. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, it's a great concept. And I heard about it first a few years back. And it's something I'm trying to get business owners to do a lot of it, it, with their teams is just going beyond that surfacey, you know, initial response and getting down a little deeper. So, all righty, we've already hit at least one golden nugget here that hasn't come up in a lot of other conversations. So, way to go. So, what else? What else do you do that may maybe a little different, or maybe just uh, because you're new? Uh, to the industry, maybe there's something else that you do that really makes you good at this particular role that you have. Um, you know, I would say organization. That's like that's a huge and a key key part of what makes you successful at your job. And you know, I I, I hate to I hate to be the uh, the reality check on this one, but you know, us females have a tendency to be just a little bit more organized uh, than some of our male counterparts. So. That's always boasted me well in my uh, in my career, uh, you know, just from even being a, a lowly, you know, project engineer out on site of just keeping all the documents in order, keeping all your, you know, uh, files and your signed contracts and, you know, your material selections and submittals. And, you know, if you know where that's at in a, in a drop of a dime, you just became absolutely 100% the most important person on your team. So keeping everyone organized is my, is my, is my big point. Okay. So is there anything particularly that you do? I think everybody listening would agree with that. Is there any particular way? Is there a software that you use? Is there a filing system that you use? Is there a, is there a, is there, is there a way that you do that that might give somebody a tip on how they can get better at it? Yeah, so what I do, and it was actually a, um, it was a protocol, a company I worked for, and I've carried it through my 12-plus my year career here, um, is we do a, a typical naming convention. And it looks really weird, but it's really helpful. So you start with um, date, the date first, but you do it backwards so that it will systematically uh, put the oldest at the top and the newest at the bottom. So you start with the year, so say 2019, the month, 12, date, 2, and then you put whatever it is. So doc or email, DOC, EML, who it's from, FR, and then who it is. So maybe it's, you know, doc from 
plumber's name, right? And it's drawings is what, you know, what the subject is. So date, who, what it is, you know, document, email, invoice, whatever, and then who it's from. And what you kind of get there, what I've seen in like um, design selections or in drawing reiterations is you kind of build this overall history and, and hierarchy. So that number one, you got it in there by date and it automatically sorts it for you. If you put that date first, so you can see here's my progression. Here's my first set of drawings that came out in December. Here's my second set that came out in January. And here's my third set in March. And I titled them final. And now I've got this nice little paper trail here of, Hey, when did that light fixture get eliminated in that room? Oh yeah. I got eliminated here. When's that doorway change? Oh, that was set too. Yeah. I can open that so that's a really good way to just keep everything in there, have a history, and have a little paper trail too. So is this is this like in uh, just in Windows in Microsoft? Uh, it, what is it the the file folder there? And so you're just creating mm-hmm. file folders. Yeah. So in okay. our so we use Builder Trend, and so our documents get uploaded into Builder Trend. Um, but obviously you have to have some kind of platform that you're loading that from. So our project files, everything okay. that goes into our project files gets that name, then goes into Builder Trend with those names. Okay, so this will relate a little bit to you being a woman and most of your superintendents, I'm sure, are males. Uh, how do you get the team to participate in something like this? Because I'm sitting here, now obviously if it's in front of me, I can probably see it a little better and it's a little bit easier to understand. But I'm sitting here going like, I don't have time for that. I've got a plumber coming out to the job or I've got, or maybe I just kind of stick it somewhere until I had go back. And so how do you get your team uh, engaged in something and helping you stay organized in that way? I've, it's a requirement. I mean, you know, there's everybody's got to be able to go through with it, right? You got to, you consistently have to do it. And, you know, the people that are on our team, uh, you know, know that, you know, hey, you live and die by that. And all of a sudden you got a document that's not in there that you can't find. Also, that name you convention becomes very handy. And it's like, oh, I don't know where that went. Oh, crap. Like, I got a problem. <laughs> you know, so, you know uh, one or two times of not being able to find something right when you need it, it, all of a sudden the value becomes very, very important. So, yeah, yeah. It's just a protocol. So kind of playing off of that, um, have you had trouble being a woman coming into a predominantly male-dominated world? Probably being part owner of the company does help in terms of some of that authority, but just what have you done? Have you had that challenge? And then what have you done to kind of bring some of those, I don't know, crusty superintendents on board to say, Hey, you're my supervisor. I am willing to, you know, answer the three whys instead of just saying, because that's the best way to do it. Or how, how have you dealt with some of that gender bias in this business? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, people say that they don't stereotype, but I mean, let's face it, they do. And, you know, the construction industry, unfortunately, is very slow to embrace the times. I mean, technology, women, I mean, it's it's slow, right? Right. Um, Definitely. You'd be a and you'd be amazed at the one-off comment of, you know, shouldn't you be in the kitchen? And it's like, kind of hot, said half-joking, and you're like, wait a minute, hold on here, right? But you know what? I What I realized is that there's a lot of uh, good companies out there that are really embracing that. I mean, yeah. 
moving over to this side and being an, on the owner side is something that's newer for me. You know, my 12 plus years of being, you know, uh, on the employee side and working uh, in, you know, kind of these larger, you know, multi-million dollar projects. Um, there's a lot more of, you know, women being embraced, I would say, on the commercial side than the residential side, right, it seems right. like, in my experience. Um, but, you know, the thing that's really nice is that there are, you know, there are organizations like the National Association of Women in Construction um, that are there to, you know, support and to kind of draw a... Um, draw a need and a, a networking group for women that are in construction. And, you know, it really is beneficial to have more peers. If you, you know, maybe you're the only woman that's in your particular company, right. But branching out into these other organizations to be able to get support from other women of, Hey, what's your experience or have you ever had this happen? Or what do you do in these situations is very, very helpful. I, I was really lucky that um, I started with a company that actually had three, you know, three female project managers. And one of the higher ups in operations was a female manager. It was a really good mentor to me, um, just being brand new in this industry and not knowing a lot. Um, and, you know, the thing that she taught me was really the best way to get respect on a job site is to be the most knowledgeable on your contract document. You know, review all your contract drawings, review your specifications, uh, your owner contract, your schedule, your scope. You know, you might not know, for me, my background's in electrical. I might not know how to wire a receptacle, but... I can easily go and count how many there are in the room. <laughs> that one's a special receptacle. What does that mean? Look at the drawing, figure that out, right? Because once you start understanding what you owe per contract, you're the most valuable part of your team. You're a resource to them. So if you're walking the site with that crusty old superintendent <laughs> and you, he's out there and you're asking, Hey, what are we doing with, you know, in this basement here? Are we, getting ready for rough and for power there. And, you know, it looks like we're getting ready to, you know, to pour, pour back the basement, and, you know, our, is our power in for that? Is our power conduit in? And, and his response is, well, we don't know power there. And you're going, no, no, we got, we got some receptacles that are down there. Right? I, I'm pretty sure we do. And all of a sudden you get some really good buy-in of, Hey, you really know what's, what's coming in here. You, you know, what's actually going on and, Oh, we probably need to go back and look at some drawings here. So, <laughs> you know, the more valuable you are, you don't need to necessarily know how to go build it. You need to understand what you owe. You, If you don't understand something that's on the drawing, ask questions, ask how that is. How do we do that? What sequence is that? Um, when do we need to do that? Does that typically go through here? Look at the schedule. Um, what are we doing for rough in? You know, what locations are we working in? Those kind of things are really what will help you get more buy-in. And, you know, I think for me, especially not knowing those, your superintendent is your best resource. And I've always asked it. I've always found that asking questions really gets you some buy-in with those guys and more respect. They respect you if you ask the questions versus just right. pretending like you know what's going on. That doesn't right. doesn't bode well for anybody. So right. I think that's definitely a, an important part. Yeah, and I want to applaud those the three wise because when I first started out, I was scared to ask the three whys. There's a lot of egos in construction, and I was just worried they would think I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's so important to do that because I think it does start to shift things as you do get more experience. But you know, we had a great conversation with Steve about you know the things that he brings from commercial construction. But in your opinion, you know what do you, what was the 
I guess the I guess the ways of operating in commercial that you really take and and use the most in uh, in your role now. Um, I would say for for me and going from the com- commercial to residential, you know the the operation of you know you operate on a handshake and you know so and so sent me a text message of what their bid was going to be and you know <laughs> the the paper trail probably is the biggest aspect I would say that from commercial you really have to do that and you know and the thing is, is that you also have to have all your ducks in a row you have to know what you're going to go build and that's the biggest thing in order to make a schedule is you have to know what you're going to go build so in order to do that you have to go through a pre-con process you have to know okay is the sink that the owner picked has a 15 week lead time and you know why are we going to swing a hammer next week if their sink's not going to be here for another four months like you you know you need to know these things before you get going so in commercial construction you have a set of plans it's drawn it's ready to go in residential you know you've got joe and Susie who want to remodel their kitchen and they're not really quite sure how they want the layout and maybe they want to do tile maybe they want to do hardwood they don't really know and so you really got to get all these answers flushed out before you go and you start building and i would say taking that just it's it seems very basic but it's not in this industry because you're you're trying to get people who don't know construction to think about things from a buildable standpoint how are we going to build that how are we going to make this actually work and now are we actually going to give you your house back in a reasonable amount of time yeah exactly so you mentioned uh that working as a woman in commercial was a little bit easier or at least it's a little more established so i know your company does both residential and commercial. Uh, do you find it different uh, in terms of the jobs that you're doing, in terms of your the people accepting you uh, in that role, or is it pretty much the same because you're all in one company? In our company, it's not, you know, it's very, we're all one company. So, and coming from the commercial background, the commercial side, obviously um, I, I, I feel like there's probably even more buy-in because it's like, oh, you know, we're going to go do an office TI and, you know, Heather built a, a nine-story building, you know, and now yeah. we're just going to go put in a, you know, a little, you know, minor office remodel. So that right. buy-in is a little bit different. Um, I would say that on the residential side, it's definitely, uh, I would say, less of a buy-in only because you just don't see it that often. And right. um, I had a funny experience even just a couple of days ago we're doing a, a ti at a restaurant um and a, a lady walks in thinking that the restaurant was open and we're moving some stuff in and and she's on the phone and and she goes she goes oh oh, oh i thought you guys were open yet and i said no and she goes oh what are you opening i said i don't really know i'm i'm with the I'm general contractor and she goes you're a woman in construction she's yelling it on the phone and i'm like yeah she was Walked out of the place yelling at the car outside, going, She's a woman in construction. I haven't even seen that before. And it's like, you know, you get the most random things. You just go, Okay, sure. Sounds good. Yeah, we're here. We're we're doing it. So I was talking with a client via email this morning, uh, who is actively looking for a woman to be a production manager in her company. And she's had a number of experiences recently with men being insensitive, particularly to the women of a household. In other words, if a woman's doing a kitchen or a bathroom or something like that, the men just don't 
understand or they don't communicate well or something like that. Any uh, thing like that that you can share with us in terms of why maybe maybe women are better suited for this role, particularly as it relates to residential, because in many cases we are dealing with the woman of the house and in, in, with the remodel. And uh, I again, just it's just a different relationship. And so I, I guess I'm kind of looking to see. Do you feel like there's some advantage there for you in terms of dealing with the woman of the house uh, and her remodel? A hundred percent. I We have had actually a couple of clients and a couple of designers in our area that have actually sought us out because we have female project managers that, you know, there's myself, we have another female project manager on our staff and, and they've actually sought us out because they were like, we think it's cool that you guys have female managers that run work and, and work in this industry. And I think that there is some kind of uh, a good um, incentive for us because there's a, a good relatability factor. Like you mentioned, I, we majority of the time work with the woman of the house in in the remodel process. And so there's things that we think about that, you know, we maybe aren't, uh, aren't taken into consideration. Like we just had the Thanksgiving holiday and we finished the kitchen, got it ready to go, but we still need to get final permit sign off. Right. So I think probably not having that permit sign off the day before Thanksgiving, prepping your turkey is probably a good idea. You know, (laughs) we're going to think about those kind of things. Right. So I think that there's just a little bit more consideration that maybe um, a female project manager or manager might have um, in looking at the, um, the, a little bit of the bigger picture, being able to take into consideration all the facets that are going to go on and also kind of having some of those difficult questions. I think one of the things um, for myself that's boasted well over my career and translates whether commercial or residential construction is taking something that maybe is a super complex topic, like I was in electrical, right? Not a, it's half the time people are like, I don't even know what's going on in electrical, but you got to be able to break it down so somebody else knows what's going on. And it's the same thing of being able to have this conversation of, hey, we have this problem that's over here, but you know what? We have the solution. This is what we're going to go do. And being able to break it down to somebody who maybe has no idea how that wall is going to go be framed or what we have to do to shore it up or whatnot. All we need to know is when's it going to be done, how it's going to be fixed, <laughs> and what's my schedule. So being able to just speak to a level of what the homeowner wants to know. And obviously, you know, obviously there's homeowners that are way more detailed, want to know way more information. And then there's the ones that are just like, when's it going to be done? When's it going to be fixed? Or what's the challenge, right? So I think we have a better way of communicating that that makes that relatability factor and kind of eases the the pain that is a little bit of a remodel that everybody kind of has to experience and the the love-hate relationship they have with that emotional roller coaster during the remodel. <laughs> yeah. So you came from a, a more commercial background and people are out there looking for project managers. So what would you say to the business owners or managers that might be listening to this podcast that are out there looking for a project manager in very traditional way? In other words, I want to have been in residential remodeling for five years they have to have their own truck. They have to have their own license. They, you know, all these requirements, and they and they never look towards that commercial side. And the other, th- and, and maybe comment a little bit too, because I'm under the impression that on that commercial side, the earning power is bigger. 
In other words, as a project manager on the commercial side, you have a greater opportunity for income than on the residential side. So if you could comment, like, what would, what should a contractor be doing to maybe recruit somebody out of commercial into residential for project management? And then is there a disparity in your mind between the earning power in the two fields? Yeah, I think that the... Um I would say the number one draw maybe in commercial versus residential is commercial. You might be on a job for two years before the job's even done. And that's kind of mundane and it gets, it, it wears on you. And if you're traveling to do it, like that gets really hard too. So um, right. I would say, especially, you know, in our area, people commute, you know, two, three hours uh, to run work in, you know, the Bay area and, for for us, it gets really challenging. That was one of the things I experienced in burnout. Um, but I think that the reward factor with uh, residential is a little bit higher. You know, you're really, you know, my experience is that, you know, I've built medical facilities at a prison. Nobody's really thanking you for that. But, you know, you're in Lynn's kitchen and Lynn loves you. And you see her at coffee and there's a great reward there. So I, I have to say that I think that... Um, appealing to somebody maybe who might be on the burnout or the fatigue factor um, right. from the commercial side, I would say that that would definitely be an appeal that could be out there for a recruiting method. Um, if you see that somebody's traveling a bunch, um, you know, earning potential wise, obviously it's obviously geographic driven people who are traveling, right. you know, in our region specifically um, might be earning more for commercial because they are traveling more. So, uh, you know, I think really the weighing factor there is, um, you know, the biggest appeal for anybody when they're hiring somebody, right? It's okay. Do what, well, you know, what am I going to get out of it? What's my appeal for, you know, am I going to stay local? Do I have to drive a bunch? Um, you know, what, what appeals to you? Do you want to build something cool that somebody's going to thank you for? Like you might not be building the skyscraper, but you know what, you're going to make a relationship with somebody that's maybe in your community or in the town that you lived in, or maybe you're going to move back to where you are, you know, originally from. And now you're doing remodels, like in our experience of people, you know, our friends, parents, homes and stuff. So there's a, there's a reward factor there. So I would definitely say that there is a draw. You have to find the right target for who that would be and anybody can um i feel like anybody can learn the the trade side especially residential everybody has a home whether you right. own it or not you still have a home you still have a garbage disposal you still have all these <laughs> things that you're now putting in and you know what you're still a resource right it's the biggest draw i would say overall is um you know Finding somebody who is a, a good multitasker, um, has good organizational skills, good people skills, really somebody who's a good people skills person, somebody from commercial construction that maybe is an estimator that sits behind a computer and just crunches numbers all day, that's probably not the guy that you're going to want or gal that you're going to want to go and talk about, you know, the plumbing issues that you ran into that were unforeseen in a wall. Like they're not going to be the ones that are going to talk to homeowners. But if you found somebody that maybe has a little bit of a background, maybe likes to do, you know, business development or wants to move into a different segment, somebody who can be able to speak to clients, but is also uh, good with uh, the, the paperwork side of it. Cause you right. gotta keep that portion of it up too. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's so fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Heather. This has been great. I hope the listeners uh, really 
can hear all the different things that are going on in this conversation and pick out some nuggets. And uh, uh, again, and if anybody has some ideas, I'm thinking maybe I'll ask Heather to work, be in the on the program for <laughs> the conference. We'll see about that. But uh, uh, there's there's such a great opportunity out there. But thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Heather. Take care. Tim, that was awesome. Really enjoy, you know, I love talking with Steve and Heather just brought an incredible, um, you know, experience to, you know, the, not, not just, you know, the production side, but just the residential side of construction. Um, really sharp company, Tankersley Construction. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And, and I just appreciated uh, Heather just sharing things like, in her mind, the three whys, I've heard it as the five whys, but the three whys of just having those conversations with people. And, and that would be whether you're a man or a woman, that's a great management tool. Absolutely. To be able to just kind of dig in past the surfacey uh, answers that we quite often get on job sites. I think the last thing that she shared with us too about um, what kinds of things would you look for in an operations manager or a project manager the people skills, the organizational skills, um, the ability to work, you know, with a lot of different types of people, all those kinds of things that she shared with us right there at the very end just seemed like a perfect ending to a great conversation. Yeah. And to touch on the importance of organization, I mean, for somebody myself who spends, you know, a, a large period of their life trying to stay and get organized, you know, it's, <laughs> it's very nice to see somebody that has a natural ability to be organized whoever that is and it's just when you have organization in a company in a home things just work better okay Period. can i sing now steve sure <laughs> no, I, i'm not gonna do that right. <laughs> well once again we would like to thank heather tankersley for joining us today we would like to thank you for listening to another episode of the tim fowler show and remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we are working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.